truth. What is truth? Truth is reality. It can be confirmed by evidence. It is verifiable. And we seek to find it. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio. Euphonaut Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Euphonaut Radio with Jesse Randolph and Christopher J. Brown, only on PSN Radio. Monday night, where else would you want to be? PSN Radio Network, online, everywhere, worldwide. Jesse Randolph here with the Honorable Chris J. Brown and the Angel of Ufology, Mr. Angel Espino. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio on a Monday night, broadcasting live, not a podcast, live, folks, here directly from a bunker in the Pacific Northwest. It's cold. But this is how we do it here. It's cold, gloomy, and that's the way me and the Honorable like it. Right, Chris? Darn right. It's darn right. And, uh, of course, all the way from Miami Beach, Florida, the angel of ufology. Angel, how are you? Reporting live from a basement down here in South Florida. Yes. You know, well, it's, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of family in Florida, and There's it really is far it's on the other side of the country from me. It is. We are very far away. Yes. And it's a pain in the ass for me to fly there. Uh, and yeah, we've struck in this amazing friendship over the years. It's, it, it is quite amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. But uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We've got a good one in store for you. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about that. Chris, why don't you tell us uh, about the guest tonight, uh, since this is one that you helped set up. If uh, Actually, you did set this up, correct? Yes, I did. Yes, it's Butch Wachowski, who is out of uh, Pennsylvania, and he is um, a UFO experiencer and a UFO investigator. He has his own, uh, um, well, it's Pennsylvania UFO Investigation um, Society, I think it's called, and he um, goes out and is kind of um, his own type of move-on thing. Goes and uh, has his own truck and and uh, with all the paranormal stuff, like your local Ghostbuster. But he uh, cool. is uh, uh, that's what like he does. Yep. So he'll maybe maybe, but he knows a lot of things. Just not only about UFOs, uh, but we're talking into Bigfoot and stuff. Uh, Mothman or any of the story, crazy stories that you think, ooh, I don't know. You know, Butch, he, he's in on it. He's got people report him to his site. So he hears some from people and he's very, uh, fun to listen to. Uh, and, and, uh, I can hardly wait to have him on because I've known him a while. He's been somebody that I've known probably almost the longest out of anybody in the UFO field since I've been involved. And he's, he's been a, um, he's been an ally. And so we stuck together a little bit. We hooked up on a show years ago, and well, here he is with us tonight. So, and how did you meet? How did you meet? How did you meet this guy? Well, I met him. Him and I did a show together. Um, Rob McConnell, name. We did a show together about 
Oh, I'd say uh, four years back, three and a half, four years back together. And he was a guy who Rob had brought on to hear about my encounter and all that. And, and uh, well, he was really taken in, as you know, as I guess a lot of people are. So uh, we stayed together and stayed in touch and um, throughout the years. And here I am. I got him on uh, uh, Black Swamp Radio a few months back. And wanted him to get him on uh, this show, and even prior to that, wanted to get him on Skywatch's radio, but that kind of didn't work. And um, uh, uh, but we'll get there maybe one day too. So that's how I hooked up with Butch. Fair enough. Uh, well, that's coming up later in the broadcast. Uh, I understood about half of that, but most of that was good stuff. <laughs> uh oh, did I say breaking up? Yeah, yeah just a little bit. Yeah. But he's a good guy, though. Okay. Which, um, he's been on, on, on a bunch of shows that I've heard in the past. So, uh, yeah, real good, real good uh, guest. Good yeah, it sounds it sounds really good. I'm excited to meet him. Uh, we could use some good uh, scary stories tonight. I think that'll be the theme tonight. Is let's try to get Butch to scare the shit out of us. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, that's easy with me. I scare easy. Nice. You know what? Do you scare easily? <laughs> no, man. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, what the hell? She, I highly doubt that. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't scare easy these days, folks. No, but why don't you tell the audience, uh, you know, we we obviously, I will say this. I've had a couple of people this week. They will remain nameless, but they were they had tuned out of the show last week because of the political rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we we had been talking mm-hmm. about politics, obviously, and giving our opinions and such. And uh, this particular person uh, felt as though it was too skewed towards uh, Trump, and they tuned out. How do you like that? Hmm. Too skewed. Well, anti-Trump or uh, pro? No, yeah, one more Trump. day to hear about it, and it's all going to be all right. Unless it begins a whole other mess. No, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. Angel, did did you have any people, because uh, I know you're on a lot of shows. So right, have you had right, people, right. Have, you, have you lost friends? Have people got angry with you? Because you're very outspoken about your allegiance to Donald Trump. I mean, you even you had his mm-hmm. T-shirt on. You did yep. this, para, was it Periscope that you did? <laughs> no, no, it was uh, Snapchat and uh, Facebook stuff I opened. Together, well, just so. tell us, tell, tell the audience what you did real quick. Uh, well, I went and voted yesterday for one, which uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, for voting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> where, wow. where exactly did you vote? Where Where exactly did you do it? Uh, down here, well, in Miami, Florida. I, I went out and, uh, you know, it, it's funny because I didn't expect there to be like the atmosphere, atmosphere that there actually was. Uh, there's a lot of folks there just having a good time. Just it felt like uh, like. All the violence and all the stuff you hear about was, you know, a bunch of BS. It really, it, this really would have made it out, you know, to, it made it out to look that way because everybody's just, you know, just uh, very friendly and very nice and stuff. But the uh, the overall experience was very quick, you know, and very professional looking and and you know, and that's, I went right through the line. It took about twenty five minutes to go through, and uh, voting was very quick, very easily. So that's great. Other than that, and other than that, I just went outside, started just mingling with the crowd and uh, walking around and. Met a couple of the candidates who were running for like different things, and I voted yes for the legalization of pot here in Florida. So, 
Yes, and what do you think? Uh, do you think it has yeah, a shot? What's the, what's the consensus over there about it? Uh, well, I mean, look, last time it almost passed. It got 58% of the vote and needed 60%. And I was one of the people that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to pass, you know, by, by a landslide. I don't need to go vote. So I didn't go vote, right? I went to vote this time. And like me, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that went and voted for it this time because, you know, a lot, like me, a lot of, a lot of people probably thought, oh, it's going to pass, you know, easily. And it didn't. So we wanted to make sure this time it passed. And, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of folks went out just for that particular, you know, vote. Oh, I'm sure. If it was that close before, you can guarantee it's going to, it's going to pass now. Of course, yeah. So. And you find out when? You find out, uh, election day, obviously. Right, yeah, we find out on, uh, well, tomorrow, well, actually, a, Wednesday. Monday, a couple of days, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, probably. Wednesday, Thursday, sure. Yeah, that's probably more. Now, now, uh, let's say, because obviously I, I live in a city where it, it is legal, and it has been for quite some time now, uh, at least over a year, I think. Um, yeah, at least a year, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so how do you feel, what would be the first thing that you would do if it was legalized? Well, look, the first thing I'm going to do is party, <laughs> right? <laughs> Get very stoned, probably, but uh, do it in a legal way. No, you know, one, on, on all honesty, you know, all jokes aside, uh, you know, it is for, uh, the bill is for medical, uh, you know, marijuana for folks that they'd have to go get card, uh, carded for the use of marijuana. So they're going to have, uh, you know, they're going to start opening shops and stuff down here. I actually want to get maybe involved in owning one of these things. So that's something mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur that I was thinking about maybe getting involved in. If they passed the bill and you were able to actually legally buy into one of these shops and open up your own uh, medical marijuana shop. So that's something I've had in the back of my mind for a while. And with them, you know, passing this bill, if it does pass finally, that's something I might actually invest in the near future. So, Well, I mean, uh, I think that one of the issues over here has been uh, people not being able to get involved. It, it seems as though it's pretty political. Yeah, that's so. that's the only issue that I'm perceiving is going to be the same thing here. I hope it's not because there's there's been like record amount of money made by some of the states already, and I think Florida wants to capitalize on that because we're a very poor state, and uh, this is something that can generate a lot of revenue for the state. So, you know, absolutely. If they look at it that way and stop you know being all political about this, uh, this could be a blessing. So. I mean, they really should, you know, concentrate on, you know, the important things here. And, uh, and you know, like, it's a recreational drug, let's be honest. For once, you know, you know let's let's just uh, look at it for what it is. It's a recreational drug. Uh, this is not something that's going to kill you. I mean, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to get the munchies. The, the worst that's going to happen is you get the you munchies. Might, you might pass out, maybe, you know, from, like, you know, that's about it. You, nobody, nobody's ever died from smoking pot. It just, just doesn't happen. You know, I've had to remind a lot of people that exact fact. thing. Because especially, you know, if somebody does a big bong hit and they got all paranoid because they smoked too much. And right, they right. gotta go. It's going to take about 15 minutes for them to get uh, cool again, you know. <laughs> um, and so you got to remind them because they're or the big power hit the one they take and then they pass out and they wake up oh what happened man and then they really fix them <laughs> I mean it is pretty amazing how it affects people sometimes but usually people who say that they've had either a bad experience or they don't like it because it made them paranoid it's not 
that it made you paranoid because of the pot. It's just because you took too much. And so you need to smoke pot uh, pro- uh, correctly, I, I would say. Responsibly, of course, right? But that's more about, you know, driving and stuff like that. I just mean correctly because if you do it incorrectly, you're not going to have a good experience just like anything else. Sure. So like getting drunk the first time and getting sick and throwing up all night, you know, I don't want to do it again. Exactly. You drink too much. And uh, if you don't do it right, you're going to have a terrible experience, and then you're going to end up hating it. So really, less is more if you if this becomes legal in your town, because what will happen is you'll go down to one of these places. Uh, you'll end up getting, like, super kind weed. And this is like Oregon here where you go down there and they really don't have crap weed. So you're going to go home with a chronic. You put it in your pipe and you take a big hit and you don't necessarily feel that much. Although with the pot here, you do. It's instantaneous. But still, uh, you should be taking a little puff. You shouldn't be taking a huge hit or bong hit, forget it. Joint, forget it because you really, you know. Uh, they sell joints for about five bucks here, right? Sometimes they're, you know, about a half a gram in mm-hmm. the joints. And they're terrific, but, <clears throat> man, if you just sit there, you guys know if you smoke weed, uh, you just start hitting a joint with somebody. Next thing you know, you don't know what the hell's going on. So you have to be very careful, especially if this gets approved in your town. Uh, I think that's the best way to look at it is that uh, it's not dangerous, you're not going to die. That's the good news. So you can experiment. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing after I smoke a joint. I'm still doing I'm going to go load another one and smoke another one. And- if you do, and, and if, let's say you're having a bad experience, right? Um, if you're having yeah. a bad experience, the best thing to do, I think uh, that's, worth, that's worth talking about for a second, Um. What do you, what do you suggest to people that have smoked too much weed, Chris? If you you like you took those hits and you're like, okay, um, I'm I'm feeling really dizzy and I'm feeling anxious because this is going to happen to a lot of people. Go outside, take get some air, maybe go take a shower, maybe a cold shower, and then maybe go try to lay down and sleep if possible. And lay, you know, yeah, but if you lay down, those are my only things I can say. You probably sure. get this. Be like, well, and you start thinking. So that's a tricky thing. Um, you, you just gotta write it out, man. You just gotta write it out. You just that's gotta write it out. And and that's the thing is that you you do have to just write it out. So don't don't think that you're gonna be able to circumvent it. There's nothing. You, here's what I would do: eat something. Okay. Uh, I like the walk idea. You can just walk in the fresh air. It's really cool. Um, it's a great idea. I like that idea. But this is going to happen to a shitload of people. And I have to tell people all the time that uh, it's going to be okay, but you just smoke too much weed. That's all. This is getting ridiculous. Now, on to the election. Yes, and I wanted to say one thing. Oh, Rest please. in peace, Janet Reno. Why did you hear me? I can hear you fine. I can hear. Okay, I think we're back on live. 
let's see. Testing one, two, three, four, five. All right, good. We're back. Wow, that was weird. As soon as you said "Rest in Peace, Janet Reno," the entire network just went to hell. How oh, weird! Weird. It was like "Rest in Peace, Janet Reno." Now, 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 now. That old that old witch got in there somehow. She screwed oh us up. Oh my goodness! What'd you do? That was strange. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even gonna edit that out. I'm gonna leave that in that recording because that's kind of freaky. That's, yeah, really that's, never, that's never happened before, literally. It's never happened like that before. Mm. Janet Reno. Never... Well, I, met, I met Janet Reno, so I... Um... Oh, let's hear about this. Did you smoke oh. pot with her or what would you do? No, I didn't. I just was well, at a... Year... I know. It was years back. It was at a... Uh, at a she was taking uh, voting. People were uh, trying to get votes. Uh, standing in front of um, Winco or something like that out in uh, Beaverton, which is a big store. I just had a lot of people around, and and so um, sure she was. She was out there taking uh, taking votes, sitting at a little table there. I went up there, and I, I had may have signed, you know, or whatever I did. I don't know. It's been twenty young years or whatever, but yeah, I'm serious. You think she she remembers you or? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. She's dead. She would never remember me unless I said, "Hey, I'm Chris Brown. I'm the, I'm 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 going to be, you know, the you're biggest the, thing in in music business. I'm going to yeah. beat girls around and bite their fingers and you're the honorable." Oh. <clears throat> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh Well, anyways, bringing this back to the election and how this affects mm-hmm. how this affects ufology, you got to think for a second here. And what you need to think about is the fact that not only are we probably going to have our first female president, which is just bizarre, you know, it's just weird. Not going to happen. Okay. Well, let me finish my thought, and, and then you can feel free to chime right in there. Chime me. Huh. Okay. Um, not only are we going to have our first female president, but also nope. it seems as though we're going to have a president that on paper seems to be interested in ufology. Seems to be interested in ufology, guys, like on a heavy level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, I agree. And I think that if you're Steve Bassett, you got to be pretty pumped right now. Yeah, maybe, you know. Oh, come on. I mean, uh, this is his dream come true because he... He's got to be thinking, this is it, you know. This is going to change everything. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's right. When if well, he's got to right, wait guys. for tomorrow to come first. So I don't. We don't want to jump ahead too much, but yeah, well, definitely. I'm sure if that, yeah, if the way it's looking, if that's the case, then I'm sure he would. Yeah, but I just don't want it to look that way. Well, it's it's mostly the, the way. race is going to be a very close race, and uh, they're edging uh, actually a little bit towards Trump in a lot of the battleground states. Because they mm-hmm. think he's going to do really, uh, really, really well with the uh, walk-in voters, the last-minute voters, and uh, that's going to put him over the top in a lot of these uh, swing states. Uh, here in Florida, I think he just took a, a lead in, in some of the polls. So um, that, that was reported right before we went on air. So let's see. Yeah, uh, we'll see. It's a big thing, but what we do need to do, we do need to see, is that getting at the bottom of the hour, and at the bottom of the hour, we probably need to get about our guests on. And not get too much going into politics. But uh, on that end, I just want to throw that out there. 
Well, so, no, and I'm glad you did. Uh, mm-hmm. We do, but we need. Look, this is going on tomorrow. It's pretty timely. Okay, and it is. It needs to be discussed because if if you believe, if you believe that Hillary Clinton is interested in disclosure, if you believe that her participation in the Rockefeller Initiative and all of the clandestine stuff that Bassett has come on and told us about time and time again, you believe any of that stuff, then you should be very excited today because chances are she is going to win. <clears throat> nope. What's going to, what's going to happen after? Oh man. Right. I, I don't know. Right. What's gonna happen. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. This is the beginning. Like I said, it's just what's just beginning. You know, it's well, I don't know what's going to happen after. I don't know if Trump's going to concede. Uh, from mm-hmm. what I see, what's going to happen is most probably uh, Hillary will win the election, okay, and Donald Trump will not accept. Yeah, and it's going to be quite a bit of a mess. So you, that's you, kind of they should have had like oh. And they should have seen, like, who shaved each other's hair, who won or lost, you know, and then that'd be interesting. I'd be in, I'd be in for that, but here's the crazy part. <laughs> there's there's sure. a chance that people are going to vote in a person who is tied into a possible pedophilia case uh, where her husband has been to this pedophile island 19 times. She's been there six times. They were close friends with a billionaire who ran this establishment. Uh, they were seen not only hanging out with him, having dinners with him. Uh, they were in close uh, business relationships with this person who is a convicted pedophile and a, and a person who has been accused of running a sex and slave ring. Okay, And these are the people that, are, that the American people are, are going to vote into power, into the political number one office in the, in the, in the world? Really? This is who we want as president, the person who covered up, covered up yeah. for years. I, I, I could care less about UFOs. I mean, well, so you guys, her you opening guys, up, I just don't want her in there. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a person who has defied the, the Constitution, who committed treason against our own country, who, who who gave access in her emails to people in Saudi Arabia. Who had a pay-for-play scheme, which just came out in the WikiLeaks? A pay-for-play meaning you pay me money, I'll do what you want. Yeah, tell me what you want me to do. All right, this is all confirmed through WikiLeaks, which, by the way, has been about 100% correct in every one of their dumps. So, this is the person that America wants to elect as president. America, if if, if you elect her as president, and the next four years are really horrible, you got yourself to blame. Yep, that's it. Well, you got I mean. To blame. That's for that. That much we agree on. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, I know we need to agree on a break, and we need to bring our guests. I in, agree with it that. Is yep. One. So we let's do that. that. Let's let's bring them on in, and we'll There's bring in the great Wikowski. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited. Butch is a good guy. All he right. Is. When we come back, are we ready to take our break? We're always ready to take our break. Okay. He's ready, ready as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to be joined by our. Special guest, which we're extremely excited about, to try, and the goal here, guys, is to get him to scare the shit out of us. Okay? Right? We're on the same page, right, guys? Well, okay, when yeah. you scare the shit out of us, um, elaborate a little bit. Like, why, why, uh, you know, like... Being Smelly scared. situation, for one thing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a what? Kind of a, it's a smelly situation. I didn't mean it in that way, but yeah, that that's what I'm looking to do here. I want him to scare the, the shit out of us. So, in a minute, what's this gentleman's It's Butch. Butch. Witkowski. How do you pronounce his last name? I'm sorry. Witkowski. Butch Witkowski. Yeah. And he is, he is also the head of, uh, is it MUFON Pennsylvania? Well, it's, it's, it's a, uh, Pennsylvania Paranormal Society or Pennsylvania That's Paranormal Group. Yes, something like that. Pennsylvania Paranormal Society. Coming up after the break, Euphonaut Radio, Jesse Randolph, Chris J. Brown, Angel of Ufology. Don't go anywhere. We're going to scare the shit out of you. Here's a riddle for you. What did the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or... No. Holy sh! <laughs> that was the yeah. Yeah. ten seconds of uh, no. What are you? That tra- was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. And I don't Mac Maloney's Military X Files Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the Public Streaming Radio Network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Euphonaut Radio Monday night. Where else would you want to be? Right here on PSN Radio Network. Right in our hot seat tonight, we've got 
Butch from Pennsylvania, Butch Wykowski, I believe I'm getting his name right, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, and he is the head of the Pennsylvania Paranormal Society. We're excited to have him with us, and his goal tonight, Butch, is to scare the crap out of us. How do you feel about that, Butch? I'm game. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the program. <laughs> this is your maiden voyage on the Euphonaut, and we want to welcome you. And Why don't you tell all the listeners and the kids out there where you're calling in from tonight? Well, I'm actually calling in from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I'm the director of the UFO Research Center of Pennsylvania. Um, uh, we do UFO research. We've been in effect since 2009. We have 14 groups outside of Pennsylvania and two in Europe. Um, let's see. Uh, well, are you affiliated with MUFON at all, or is this a separate thing? Uh, tell us about your group a little bit. Mm. Uh, the group is totally separate. I was a MUFON member. Uh, back in 07, 08, and 09, I left, uh, started my own thing. Um, I was a star team member, chief investigator for them, and um, I just wasn't really going in the direction I wanted to go, and I wanted to be more hands-on and more out in the field. So uh -huh. um, we have uh, two mobile units fully equipped, uh, everything from satellite communications to inboard computers, and everything in between, cameras, infrared, heat-seeking, thermal imaging, um, pretty much anything. We can go out to any type of situation, whether it's a UFO sighting or if it's a crypto sighting or if it's a paranormal event, and get the job done. So and, you uh, guys are rogue MUFON agents, basically. Nah, we don't really associate with anything MUFON um, because, first of all, you know... Um, MUFON, although they have a, a great bunch of investigators, they're kind of limited to what they do. So they really go out and, you know, either by phone or by email or by um, a personal visit, go to the site, and uh, then they turn everything over to MUFON CMS, and it goes into a database. Uh, our stuff is ongoing. Uh, we have cases that are now... Uh, one's at six years. Another one is started in 2014, so we got that one going. That's a cryptid case, and um, we investigate everything where MUFON kind of stays with abduction and ufology. And um, How many uh, people on the team? In Pennsylvania here, the team has six. Six uh, We have three in Florida. We have um, two in uh, Missouri. We have Utah. We have uh, New York, um, Massachusetts, Northern California. Um, Texas, uh, Tennessee, uh, Maine, Canada, Poland, England. And how do you guys keep in touch? How does it work? I mean, I know how MUFON works. I think most of the listeners do. Either they're a member or they have uh, heard enough as them being sort of the aficionado. Well, we have we have secured communications by internet, um, encrypted uh, communication. Plus, we have you know phones, cell phones. Uh, the, both of our vehicles have uh, built-in phone systems. They also have we have uh, our own VF band radio station and radios in the trucks and hand units. And so, keeping in touch with everybody is really not a problem. It's a matter of 
you know, if somebody's out, if one of the trucks is out in the field and has an issue, he can call just about anybody he wants to and get information or something researched. Of course. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us, now you've been doing this for how long? Uh, 27 years. Okay, 27 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, uh, why don't you tell us about how you first got involved? Okay. And what it was that got you, because you're obviously a diehard. Oh, yeah. You got so, that right. You, yeah. Uh, How would nice. you, you become a, a diehard uh, die a, a die ufologist? Because well, it's it, just a it, strange it, word for people. Uh, uh, we lived in Arizona, in Tucson, Arizona, for a while. And in 1989, uh, my wife and I and some folks were putting in some saguaro cactus on the property. Well, we're taking a break in the driveway, you know, having some cold iced tea or something. And... Um, uh, right above a mountain, uh, there was this craft, and it was huge. Uh, my best estimation would be two, three football things, football fields in length, four or five stories high. It had um, some faint green lighting on the side, not many, maybe three, and it was just hovering very silent in the sky. Uh, it was burnt copper in color. And we're all looking at it. My neighbor across the street, who was head of federal prisons for the western part of the country, he was looking at it. My next-door neighbor was in his yard. He was hanging over the wall looking at it. And it stayed there for five, six minutes. And it slowly rose up and shot off so fast, I can't even tell you how fast it went. It headed westbound. So I called the Pima County Sheriff's Department. I called the Department of Public Safety, which is their state highway patrol, I called Tucson City Police, I called uh, radio stations, I called davis Mothin Air Force Base, I called Tucson Airport, uh, I called the Marana Airport, I called everybody I could think of, and nobody said they saw a thing. Nothing. Now, now exactly. And, um, you know, we all saw exactly the same thing, and I doubt very much if six or seven people could be hallucinating at the same time. Uh, we felt nothing, no missing time or anything like that, no watches stopped or anything, and um, um, I just started looking into it, and uh, I really didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything about UFOs uh, or anything like that, Sure. and so I started amassing a collection of books and papers and spending hours and hours and hours, you know, researching at libraries and newspapers and anything I get my hands on. And then after, in about 1995, I said, this is enough. This is nuts. I'm not getting anywhere. I don't know these people. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how they do it. So I laid off it for about a year. I was watching a TV program one night in 1996, and it was a program on UFOs, and the bug bit me, and I've been still at it. Uh, I'm retired now, so I get to do this full time. And um, uh, there's just stuff out there we just don't know anything about at all. Well, let's talk about it for a second because, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that, uh, can you hear me okay, guys? Yeah. Yeah, you're fine. So, is it, it was such clean air for a second, I thought I lost everyone. Uh, you know, there's, there's a generation, um, I would say the guys from the 80s, for the most part, who really, when, when ufology was real kicking, as I like to bring up, uh, what's your opinion on who's doing it right these days? Who's doing it wrong? Who do you respect? Who do you like? Um, tell us about some of the researchers that you dig, because uh, look, there's it's really all all over the place these days. 
Yeah, there's a lot of good researchers out there. A lot of young ones are coming up into the field, mm-hmm. um, and they're savvy. They know how to use a computer. They know how to use the equipment. They know how to use the technology. Uh, the, the, the guys back in the um, 50s and 60s, I mean, they're all gone. Uh, they were the real researchers. I mean, those were guys that would travel around the world to chase down something. But um, And then you had that period where a group sprang up every two minutes somewhere. Right. And then, you know, that group got mad at the other group because they were getting more sightings than this group, and they needed better baseball hats and better-looking shirts. And, you know, that thing went on throughout the 80s, 90s, into the 2000s. And then there seemed to be this break uh, in early 2000s where um, younger, uh, more in savvy, I'm going to say, more... Um, technology-minded folks started getting involved. Now, there aren't many of those. I would say maybe 20, 30 in the United States. Uh, there's more in Europe than here. But these are people that have invested, you know, serious money into right. equipment. I mean, like R1 van is brand new. It's a 2016 Ford Transit. And the truck was 38000 and the equipment in it 60000 So... There's not too many people out there willing to put that kind of money into looking for something. And what's in your truck? I mean, now I'm curious. What the heck's in this truck? Well, there's satellite communication. There's got its own radio system, its own computer system. Wow. Um, evidence gathering materials. Uh, there's everything from trauma kits to uh, plaster of Paris uh, to make footprints of, you know, some cryptic creature. There's dive gear. There's... Um, uh, pretty much name it. I mean, it's got its own heater. It's got its own. There's 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 uh, shelters in there. There's tents. There's. Uh, um, so you guys are diehard. So, like for instance, yeah. <laughs> why, why don't you tell us what you've been working on recently? I mean, obviously you've been doing this a long time, uh, but what are you doing these days? Recently, the most uh, the biggest thing that has consumed us since 2014 was we got a report. And why we got it, I have no idea till this day, but we did get it. It came to us. It didn't go to anybody else. And it was a gentleman who saw a very strange cryptid creature that he says was not Bigfoot. And uh, he was walking his dogs. He's an ex-military fighter pilot. He's an ex-commercial pilot, retired, lived in the same area all his life. He was walking his two Weimarana dogs up a fire trail in the wooded area where he goes pretty much every day with these dogs. And the dogs got on a scent of something. They started ripping and tearing to get away from him. They actually were digging holes in the ground trying to get away. He was doing all they could to keep hold of them. And out of the right-hand side of this road walks this creature that he describes as 8 to 10 foot tall. Uh, the body build of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, his words. Um, short snout, short black or dark brown hair. Massive legs, very massive chest, thin-waisted, long arms, and uh, just walks across the road in front of him, pays no attention to him or the dogs, and goes into the other side of the wooded area. He fights and gets the dogs back to the truck, retrieves a handgun from the truck, goes back up, goes into the side where it came out. He didn't find anything. Then he went into the side where... It went into, and he just got an uneasy feeling, so he went back, 
the next morning, he and a couple of his buddies loaded up with high-powered rifles, went back to the scene, walked into the right side, looked around. They couldn't find anything, no footprints, no broken branches, anything like that. Right. Walked into the other side. They got in about 20 yards, and they all looked at each other and said, we need to leave now. Something very bad is going to happen. And um, they backed out with the rifles paint pointing behind them, got in the truck, and he said he's never going back again. So I would put that off as a pretty fantastic story. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, within a matter of a month, we had another report. Same creature, just a better defined report. Up till now, till this day, we have uh, 23 in what we call a lichen loop, which means that these things are not leaving this particular area in central Pennsylvania. The best description now from all is 8 to 10 foot tall, wolf-like head, pointed ears, massive chest, very muscular arms, hands with claws, thin-waisted, muscular thighs, hocked legs like a dog. It's been seen on a number of occasions within feet of people. In one case, uh, a gentleman with a shotgun in his hands. Um, it shows no fear. They all say the same, glowing yellow eyes. And um, we've been on a number of expeditions. As a matter of fact, we're going now to uh, next week, I believe. Yeah, next week we'll be heading for North Carolina where another one of these things was seen. We don't know what we're looking for other than the descriptions we have. One lady watched it uh, standing at her pond in front of her home on a, on a really bright full moon night we had last year. <clears throat> and uh, she watched it for 15 minutes. And it just stood wow. there staring at the pond. Wow. Uh, we've had uh, this thing um, actually go after somebody. Um and then uh, we started with the research, really background research, a lot of research, tons of research. And this, I found an article in a newspaper in uh, Erie area, in, in, around Erie somewhere. I can't remember the name of the paper, but they're defunct many, many years. Same creature, same description, exactly the same description. And it was dated 1865. Hmm. So wow. are we dealing with just, we call it a bipedal canine because we don't know what it is. Could it be a relic, something that's been here for a long, 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 long time? Yes. Could it be a skinwalker? Yes. This state had no white men in it until 1754. Right. And um, the place is loaded with burial grounds. Uh, skinwalkers are known to protect warriors' burial grounds. We were in contact with the Cherokee out in Oklahoma who advised us and gave us a lot of great information that we wouldn't have gotten anyplace else. So what we're dealing with, uh, I have no idea other than... Uh, it's very large. It shows no fear at all, at all. It doesn't back up an inch. Whether you're standing there with a high-powered rifle or a shotgun or dogs or whatever you got, it ain't moving. Unlike Bigfoot, who tends to hide and seek, I think he's the hide and seek champion of the world at this point. Yeah. Everybody describes the same thing. They're saying, "Look, we're not talking about Bigfoot here. Right. We know what we know what Bigfoot's supposed to look like. This ain't Bigfoot." This is not Bigfoot, has no even remotely close to looking like Bigfoot. And uh, what we did was, um, when we got the ninth report, I took those descriptions from the first nine reports, and um, I sent just the descriptions, no reports, no locations, anything like that. I sent them to a forensic artist, artist, and um, he uh, drew a photograph, uh, you know, drawing for us of what it should look like. Um, 
it's exactly what, you know, we showed it to witnesses, and, you know, they said, yeah, okay, that's it. Where'd you get that? And we told them how we did it, but it um, it's out there. Uh, it stays within that loop. And inside this loop, we're talking about areas of Pennsylvania that are extremely heavily wooded, uh, 6,800 uh, acres of heavy woodland, 2,800, 3,900. I mean, it, they, and it, we have no reports of that thing outside of that loop. This North Carolina thing that I was talking about, we just got a few weeks ago, and the guy's describing the same creature. What is going on? You tell me, man. I wish I knew. That's uh, pretty creepy. Yeah. Uh, we're taking all the precautions, precautions we can. Right. Uh, We've continued to go back to the areas. Um, we're looking um, in all the areas we can hopefully find that a individual type creature like that could maybe hold up or uh, maybe we could find, because uh, at one time it was seen, it was eating a roadkill, a deer on the side of the road, and it was seen by two music teachers coming home from work. And they, they got a very good look at it because it was a two-lane road it's not very wide. We've been there. It's a kind of a narrow two-lane. And uh, they saw this thing hunched down. They, at first, they thought it was a bear or a wolf. And um, as they got within a quarter of a mile, it stood up and started staring at them. And, I mean, it stared at them dead on. And they described exactly what we were getting. And then they floored it and kind of went around it. But even when they passed it, it never took its eyes off the passengers in the car. And wow. those guys, those guys to this day still shake when they talk about it. I've had people just break down on the on the telephone while describing this creature. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, so no, no photos, huh? Wow. Nobody's been able to get any photos. Uh, no, it, it it's one of these things where, uh, like, um, the first guy's walking his dog. The second guy, um, he was uh, actually going bird hunting um, near a swamp, and. Um, uh, the third person was a lady walking her dogs. Uh, the fourth one was um, the two gentlemen, the, the two, mu- the two uh, music teachers. Uh, the fifth one was a gentleman who, um, oh, it was the wife at the pond. And you just go on and on. I mean, these people are not out in the deep woods. I mean, they live near woods, but right. they weren't out walking in the woods. I mean, they were at their home. Was, was there one with the gun, you said, with the shotgun that yeah. had one? Yeah. And what he did? Did he have any reaction to 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 like maybe like take a shot or did he? He said that was the last thing on his mind. All he wanted to do was get out of there. It yeah. just came. He said it just locked on my eyes. I locked on it, and he said I just kept backing up all the way to my truck. And it I would not be afraid to shoot it too because if you think if you missed or you didn't hit it, and then you're faced with it coming at you, yeah, that, that wouldn't even be almost more of a frightening thing. So, well, right. you know that, and I always thought, well, if you do shoot it and you hit it, you just might piss it off. Yeah, that's just it. And right. then what? You know, then what do you yeah. do? I mean, well, um, it is something. Run. If it is something that, you know, is in that skinwalker, uh, shapeshifter type thing, you know, there's nothing here that we can kill it with. What are you going to do? I mean. Well, the description run. sounded like. Yeah, the description sounded like the howling, you know, the, 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 um, wolf that was. Kind of showed in the uh, the movie The Howling. I don't know if you'd seen that years back, but um, sounded a lot like that. Yeah. And I could understand if some of these reports were different. 
You know, it could be misidentified. Then you, then you mm-hmm. throw in misidentification, like somebody saw a bear run through the woods or a deer run through the woods, or they saw this, they saw that. But not one. Every report is exactly the same. Every report. Mm-hmm. These people don't even live in the same county. Some of them live three, four counties apart. They're still in that central Pennsylvania loop, but they don't know each other. And the one lady, they don't even have a computer. They don't even have a cell phone. They're still using an old dial phone, you know, push-button phone. Mm-hmm. Not that they found anything on the Internet. We don't give it, we, you know, although we may put something out about it, we don't give the location of it at all, ever. We say the Lycan Loop. Well, the Lycan Loop covers all of central Pennsylvania. That's a big so area. So how, how do you end up hunting something like that, Butch? I mean, what the hell well, do you do? Well, look, the best thing we can do is try to get it on film, cameras. So we have surveillance cameras that will take a photograph every half second. We have infrared cameras that are constantly shooting. We have thermal imaging devices. Um, you know, nothing hides from thermal imaging. I don't care what it is. So um, that's our best bet. So going to these areas and setting up all the cameras and all the sound equipment and everything else is the best we can do. I mean, if somebody well, said, why don't you go in the woods and look for it? So where do I start in 6,800 acres? Right. You know, and then somebody said, well, why don't you try baiting it with what and where? Yeah. You're talking 6,800 acres of, I mean, those woods are so thick in central Pennsylvania that when we went up the first time, that's when I realized that cameras were going to be a problem because I had one of my guys walk into the woods. I said, count off your steps as you go. He was wearing a red plaid jacket. Step number five, I didn't see him anymore. That's how thick it is. When you look into the woods from the road, it's black. There's no light. It's all black. Right. It's like looking in at midnight with no moon. And so our best bet is cameras or try to, you know, get to some of these areas. We have a ton in the state, in that, especially in that area, of old factories, old coal mines that are closed down, uh, in, you know, hospitals, uh, uh, parks that are all shut down. Roam around there for a while and see if we can pick up anything like a footprint or, you know, maybe some destroyed animal where we can take a sample of the bone to see what chewed on it, what kind of animal chewed on it. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's not like looking for a UFO where you just go outside and set up and get all your cameras pointing to the sky and start watching. Right. You know, this, this is something totally different. And what kind of, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, what kind of firepower do you guys have if you run into this thing? Um, we have two types. We have normal firearms. Okay. And then what we uh, just got were 68 caliber. Um, uh, they're air guns. very powerful. Uh, they shoot a uh, what they call ghost gas. It's a really high, potent CS gas. Okay. And um, hopefully... <laughs> if it's if it's something, um, if it would be an animal, the game. Well, here's a question. Here's a question. So, you run into this thing. I mean, you, do you go out by yourself? Who do you go out with when you when you're? Oh uh, no, we this? go out with a team. Uh, we okay. have five five to eight people at all times. So, how many times have you gone out looking for this thing? Uh, this will probably be our ninth expedition. All right. Does it have a code name? This thing. Do we we got to give it a name. Uh, we did give it a name, Bipedal Canine. Bipedal Canine. No wonder why nobody's heard of you guys. You need help with the marketing. Come on, we got to come up with a snazzier name than that. 
Uh, yeah, well, uh, we've had a lot of snazzy names thrown at us. One guy said, why don't you just call it Larry? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to call it Larry. The I kinda like, <laughs> I'm digging Larry. Let's go with Larry right now. So Larry's cool. Oh. What's that? You're, you're okay with Larry, Chris? I like Larry. Yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry this is cool. great. Stick with Larry for a second. So you go out to hunt Larry, and here is a uh, a question that I'm sure you've uh, had to um, uh, think about, which is when if you run into this thing, uh, who gives you the right, or do you feel you have the right to shoot this thing? No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to shoot anything. I just want to prove it exists. Okay, so that's your main goal. Yeah, the only thing. The, the real firearms carried are for protection against koi wolves, wolves, um, mountain lion, wild pig, bear. Uh, this thing, I'm not particularly too keen on shooting it. I just want to get it on film. Just want to if I can get it on it. film, whether it's because if it's on film, we'll have it on video, we'll have it on infrared, we'll have it on multi-spectrum cameras, we'll have it on black and white, we'll have it on color. I mean, we'll have it every, it'll be on every type of camera we have. And, um, that should be proof enough. I'd say. So, other than, you know, chasing after it with a butterfly net, or like the Bigfooters do with the club banging on the woods and throwing bacon and cheese sandwiches all over the place, I, if I get it on film, I'll be a happy camper. Yeah, so will I. So, you're, when are you going out again? Uh, well, we're leaving on the 19th for North Carolina on this new sighting. Uh, the only difference, the guy describes pretty much exactly, almost to the T, what we're seeing here in Pennsylvania. Right. With, with one exception. It has come back to his location three times. Oh. We've never had repeat location comebacks. Yeah, that's and, strange. Um, you know, um, he's, uh, his description on height was, he said he's six foot three and he figures it's about a foot taller than him, so that's seven foot three, but that's within the range of the eight to ten foot that we've been getting. But we've never had anything. We had one close similar to it, uh, in, um, uh, would have been in West Virginia right over the PA line, um, but we're having a real problem locating the guy because he doesn't live in West Virginia. He lives in another state, and he was just visiting a friend, and we do not have the friend's number. So we're hoping he gets back to us. We've put enough information out there that he should pick up one and get back to us. But the gentleman in um, in North Carolina, um, that's strange that it came back three times to the same location. And he said he can hear it running through the woods. He said it sounds like a football team running through the woods. I think it's now, very strange. It's, uh, well, you know, when you go back in history, these types of animals have been around since Roman and Greek times, you know, uh, Romulus and Remus. <laughs> I mean, you can go all the way up from those ages all the way through time where, you know, discussions of wolf men, um, animal men, werewolves and such. Well, I just think it's amazing that, you know, think about it. You, you, what do you do for your, your, you say you're retired now, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, well, obviously that's that, that comes in handy for this. But, you know, most people on a Friday, what are you going to do this weekend? Maybe go see a movie, maybe go to a restaurant, maybe hang out with some friends, and you're going to go look for Larry. Exactly. 
You're gonna, uh, but the good thing no. is you're not going to hunt Larry. No, no. But or right. That's that's what makes me crazy when I see some of these Bigfoot groups out there loaded with weapons. You know, they could probably take down an elephant. And I'm thinking to myself, buddy, if you just got a good, clear, unfuzzy, unblemished, unshaken photograph, you got it. Right. Right? Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, that has to be your goal. There's a lot of guys who are uh, interested in their hunters, you know, so this is like a segue, I think, to hunting game and then hunting creatures. Right? Uh, so, but but I just think it's amazing that uh, now. How, what are your friends and family? Uh, how do they feel about this? As far as what uh, do you have children? Is this what dad does? Or uh, no, I have a, I have I have a son that's married and grandchildren. I, you know, I'm I'm supported. I don't have any problem with that. No, no, I, I would imagine you're kind of the life of the party. I mean, who's not going to want to hear <laughs> what, what grandpa's been up to? You know, sometimes. I mean, but I've been through a couple eye rolls already. Like, oh boy. Hmm. <laughs> Well, you, you know. just don't come across as like a preacher type, and we we've get we get plenty of those on the show, of course, as you can imagine. But that just doesn't seem like what you're about. You just seem like you're a searcher. Look, the only thing, whether it's ufology, whether it's cryptozoology, or it's the paranormal, there's only one thing I'm looking for: the truth. Stories mm-hmm. I get by the thousands. Over 27 years, mm-hmm. I have so many stories I could bore myself to death. Right. Mm-hmm. What I want is, if you got the proof, show it to me. If you got the evidence, show it to me. I'll back you 100%. But if you're going to sit there and tell me a story, I'm probably going to fall asleep while you're telling me because I've well, heard it before. Let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, I get plenty of those too. I get videos and I get all sorts of claims from mm-hmm. folks. And in this time, you know, as I've been getting older, I have become definitely more cynical in my uh, old age here. And I think it's good to a certain degree. I think it is very healthy. At the same time, I try to be a healthy skeptic. But uh, I will say on the ghost front, I've been incredibly disappointed over the years at what people believe is the other side and what I seem to think is something totally different. And I wanted your opinion on that subject. Well... I had, I had gone. <laughs> okay, here's where we get even freakier. Uh, I went with a group one time. I was invited to go along with a group. We're not Ghostbusters, you know. I that's not what we do. Right. But I was invited to go along with a group, and they said, "We'll show you what we what we do." And I thought, "Well, that's great. I never saw anybody do this stuff. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they investigate this stuff." So I went along, and um, we went to a home uh, in northern Pennsylvania. And um, they had just moved into the home. They'd only been in 40 days, I believe, at that point. They weren't even really moved in yet. They still had a whole living room full of boxes and stuff. So I walked with the guys as they talked to the uh, to the uh, folks that lived there, and I found them to be very empathetic, uh, very professional. And their equipment was first-rate, top-notch. I mean, they covered every room with infrared cameras and you know, they had sound devices and computers. I mean, a very, a very professional setup. So I, I was kind of okay with that. So then it came time. Uh, the people that owned the home left. They left their sister, older sister, there to sit in the kitchen with the guy that was going to watch the monitors. Uh, I was voted to do that job. So not doing this before, I had to have a little uh, explanation what I was to look for. And they said, "Well, you got 
cameras. He had a separate screen for each camera. Just watch and let us know if you see anything. Okay. Well, before the people leave, the little guy, a little little kid, must I think he was like four or five, he comes in with this box with a doll. And it's all in the box. I mean, it's not opened. It's, you know, encased in that plastic that you need a hacksaw and dynamite to open up. Right. And uh, he said, Mommy, what's this? And she said, Oh, you got that for Christmas, but we'll open it later. You know, we just didn't have time because we're packing. This was just right after Christmas. And she puts it on a rocking chair and sits it up in the rocking chair. So they leave. Everybody leaves. Uh, all the guys go to where they're going to go. They got all the radio communications, all the cameras working. And this lady and I are sitting in the kitchen. And the other thing was uh, the biggest thing that was there was they thought somebody was trying to, some entity was trying to get to the young daughter, who was, I think, 14, into her bedroom, and she felt the presence. The other thing was um, a light in the master bedroom, and it was one of these lights, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, where you just tap it once, it goes on, tap it again, it goes to medium, tap it again, it goes high, tap it again, it goes off. Sure. No okay, no switch. So they... Like I said, cameras all set up. Everybody's gone. We're just sitting there. And um, to make a little explanation about this doll, uh, there's a little red heart in this doll that sticks out through the packaging, and you push on it, and it says five things. Will you play with me? Hi, what's your name? You know, that kind of stuff. Sure. And um, it's on in there on this on this rocking chair by itself, and we're ten feet away from it in the kitchen. As a matter of fact, I'm looking through the kitchen door right at it. And uh, before it says anything, it plays a little tune, you know, a little dinkity 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 thing, you know, and, and this, and it says something. But you need to push it to make it do that. So we're sitting there, and next thing this thing says, this doll, it lights up. The music starts playing. The girl looks at me, and she said, "The doll." I turn around, look at the doll. I get up. I take two steps. I'm in the doorway. The doll's all lit up like a Christmas tree, and in a man's voice, it says, I see you. Now, at this point, I'm 6'1", 260, and I'm ready to book, but I can't because the girl has me by the, she has me, she has me by the belt, and she outweighs me, so I ain't know where I'm going. So I'm on the radio, guys, guys, you know, need to come down here. So I told them what happened. They all just kind of looked at each other, kind of weird. And we're looking at the doll. It ain't doing nothing. And he said, are you sure that's what I heard, what you heard? And I said, I'm absolutely sure what I heard. And he said, well, if maybe we picked it up on some of the recording devices. So they went down to the basement, which was right below that rocking chair. And they picked it up. And there it says, I see you. That was my one and paranormal experience, and I'd rather not do it again. It's just definitely so, creepy. Get to the light in the bedroom. So it's now about 11, 12 o'clock. We started at 8. I got my eye on that doll. <laughs> you know, that that doll's about going to wind up in a trash can as soon as it opens its mouth. But oh. The girl turns around to me and she says, boy, I wish that damn light would go on. She knows sooner said that. I'm looking at the screen. The light went on. Called the guy on the radio. I said, light's on in the master bedroom. Right. And he goes, all right, I'm on my way. So he was just two rooms away. He walks over. He says, I said, the light just went out as he walked in the room. He said, well, it's out. I said, okay. He leaves the room. He goes back to where he was. I can see him sit down where he was in two rooms away. Light goes on again. 
tell him the light's on. He goes back. He said, did you mark down the time that the light went on the first time? I said, yep, 10.05, or I'm sorry, 11.05. He said, 11.05, let me check. And he goes over to the computer, and they have some kind of program that I don't know what it does. I'm not a paranormal guy, but they say it, it tells when there's an electrical disruption in the room or around it. He says, I have a disruption here at 11.05. He said, now, Butch, he said, I don't want to get you all upset. He said, but not to really make you run out of the house screaming, I unplugged that light when we first got here. I walked up the stairs, got into that room, looked down, and the plug was pulled out of the wall. That light was never plugged in to begin with. At this point, I look at everybody and said, you know what? I really need to go outside and have a cigarette and just relax a little bit and get some air. Right. And then I'm going to get in my truck and go as fast as I can all the way to home. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, that just worked. That that just that just, and I had the recording. I mean, they sent it to me, and I went like, "Okay, so I'm not crazy." And there was, oh, we'll get to the best. So, how that recording? Could we hear? You have anything around? Like, I'd have to find it. It's it's in one of my document files. It'd probably take me a day to find it. I got thousands of documents, but I do have it. But anyway, what I want to get back to the doll quick is that. The the folks come home. It's now three in the morning. The the family comes back. They were staying at the sister's house, who was staying at their house. They put the kids in bed because they're all sleepy, wakey. And we tell them the story about the, about the uh, doll. So the father goes in and gets the doll, brings it out in the kitchen, and he says, "So it did all that, huh?" And they played the recording back for him. He says, "Did you see this part here on the back of the box? Batteries not included." Oh, wow. Creepy. That's that's what I said. It's like a truth chucky doll, yeah. So he immediately took it outside, threw it in a burn barrel, and burned it. Yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. I went, good move. (laughs) I would have started asking questions personally, but that's just me. We we stopped at a diner, and, like, I was just, I was beside myself because, Paranormal, there's a lot of reasons for paranormal. I mean, it could be sleep deprivation. It could be um, uh, some type of psychosis or physical effects. Or I mean, there's just all kind of things, loss of a loved one. I mean, people see their pets after they die. I mean, there's just, you could go on and on and on with the paranormal. But this, I was right there. I mean, I heard it. I saw it. And the light, I saw that. And it wasn't even plugged in. Wow. So they went a little further in the light room, and I'm going to step back a little bit here. But you know, you know what a tea candle is, right? A little little yes. short candle you put on something like you know. Okay, they lit one of those and put it on the dresser. And we're downstairs, and I'm sitting there watching the monitor. And um, he said, well, "Let me know if anything happens with the candle." And I went, "Okay." And I'm watching it, and watching it. Nothing's happening. It's not moving. There's no air in the room or anything like that. And the candle went out. So he walks back in, he lights it, and he lights another one, and he lights another one. He says, now, if there's something in this room, Butch, he said, only that one that went out should go out again. And I'm trying, looking for an expl- explanation to that one, right? He says, well, let's just see. Ten minutes later, the center candle went out, and the other two stayed lit. Hmm. He said, okay, 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 I'm not dumb, right? I go up, and I switch all the candles around. I light them all, right? <laughs> yeah. But, First, I'm looking at the monitor. All three of them went out. I went, that's it. I quit. <laughs> Done. That's when I Let's run. Get... 
let's go get something to eat, guys. <laughs> I'm out yeah. of here. Yeah. That was my only experience with the paranormal, and I'll tell you what, I can't explain it. Uh, um, I'm a skeptical believer. I've always been. So, what can I say? It's What happened, happened. There was nobody around that doll. There was nobody in that room. There was nobody in that bedroom when the light went out. The light wasn't even plugged in, so I had to go on to begin with. It's not battery-operated. The candles, no explanation for that either. So, that was my only paranormal experience that I'd rather forget. <laughs> Did anybody yeah. have the idea to at least check to see if maybe it had batteries in it before they burned the doll? Or? No, it was sealed. It was never open, and it said on the box, batteries not included. Took two uh, C batteries. Maybe it was a display box, and they had put batteries in and sealed it back up as a display. You know, they have those. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but why did it say I see you when that's not one of the five things it says? Yeah, that's that tells, freaky. Yeah, that part right there. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Yeah. It tells you right on the box what it says. I mean, it says, uh, my name is blah, blah. Uh, what's your name? Uh, can we go outside and play? Uh, do you want to play a game? And I forget what the fifth one was, something like, um, um, how are you feeling today or something like that. Something is it possible thing. that maybe it has a, a couple other catchphrases that just weren't like labeled on the box? Like, I see you or... Well, you know, and then, you know, when you think about it, being a skeptical believer, well, did somebody at the factory play a joke? It's possible. Right? Sure. It's a long, it's a long way to go for a joke, though. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It yeah. Made in, made in uh, Japan somewhere. Yeah. But it, it, it's like everything and anything in, in any of these fields. Unless you see it, feel it, touch it, look at it, photograph it, have it in your hands, uh, um, witness it or feel it or you're part of it it's just a story yeah what about uh you know one thing that's really interesting about you butch is that you seem to be open to everything Um, that's paranormal and that's what makes it so neat talking to you also you're real fun to talk to you by the way so uh it's fun to listen to you the tenor in your voice you can tell that you've actually had some really interesting experiences um Why don't we try to segue uh, into flying saucers here? Because obviously, you know, Euphonaut Radio, and this is what our passion is and how we all came together. Uh, sure. why, don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the, the cases either that are going on right now, or why don't you tell us about some of the best cases uh, or one of the cases that you'd like to tell us about that would really uh, set us on fire? Uh, well, there's two that come to mind. I, I've seen 16 in my time, in 27 years, that I cannot explain. I have never seen anything UFO-wise alone. I have always been with somebody else, so I pretty much know that I'm not totally crazy. Um, I got a call one night uh, from uh, a friend of mine. Uh, he was on his break outside of work, and he said... I need to talk to you about this. And I said, well, go ahead and talk to me about it. So he says, a orange, reddish-orange ball of light just went over the building, lit up the parking lot, and headed toward Route 272, south, you know, toward the high-tension wires. I said, okay. I said, then what? He said, nothing. It's gone. I said, all right. So I made the report up, you know, and I put it on, on our, our net. And um, the next day, 
I get a report from the southern part of the county, right along the road that this thing was seen. And it's a, a guy and his girlfriend who were closing up their grandmother's restaurant, which they do every night. It was freezing cold. And he said he went out to his Jeep to get something, and this Volkswagen-sized orange-reddish orb lit up the whole area and went right overhead and went down this road. And I said, okay. He says, I really need to talk to you about it. I said, okay. So I get in the truck, and it's one of these um, February nights where it is freezing rain. Everything's iced up. took me like two hours to take a 30-minute trip. I get there, and this guy and this girl are standing outside in this weather waiting for me. I mean, they're blue. I'm going like, guys, don't you think you ought to go inside and talk about this? So we go inside, and he tells me he's describing exactly what the first guy told me. And I said, okay, so after it went over, and you say it went straight down this road off of 272, what happened then? He said, I chased it. I went, what? He said, I got in my Jeep, and we chased it. I said, okay. He said, we were catching up to it till the cows ran out. Wait a minute, whoa, whoa, you know, back up the bus. I didn't even have a drink, and you got me confused. Okay, so you're chasing it down the road in a Jeep. It's about how far over the, off the grind? He said, about 500 feet. I said, then the cows came out of where? He said, they busted out of the fence. He said, we'll go down, I'll show you the fence. And he was right, the fence was all busted out. I said, then what happened? He said, just went over the treetop, and, you know, it just kind of disappeared over the horizon. And we stopped and came home, and we called the farmer, because we know who he is, and he went out and collected up his cows. But he said, you really need to talk to the guy in the, in the body shop, which is right at the corner of this highway and the road they chased it down. So I made an appointment to see him two days later. I went down and talked to him. And um, he said, I didn't see nothing. He said, but evidently my dogs did. And I'm like, okay, what's that mean? And over in the corner are these two huge German shepherds. I mean, they were monsters. He said, I've had those dogs since pup. They've no sooner, they've not even ever peed on the floor in this shop. He said, come on back to the back room. In the back room, he had an antique Chrysler convertible that was shredded inside and outside, along with a door that was just pretty much peeled down to a lock. And I said, what's all that about? He said, whatever went by or was outside, they wanted to get to it. I went, holy crap. I mean, this car was destroyed. The steering wheel was chewed up. The carpet was ripped up, the visors were gone, the convertible top was just a frame. I mean, there was garbage, you know, it was just totally destroyed. So, another couple of days goes by, I was, no, it was probably about a week. And from Edinburgh, Pennsylvania, a gentleman who's visiting his brother at the college there in Edinburgh, takes a picture of an orange glowing orb going over the top of the college. And he said, we were outside on the, on the porch, uh, a pat, like a patio, and just smoking a cigarette, shooting the crap. And he said, we saw this thing come. And he said, my camera was laying right inside the door on a table. I grabbed it, and this is the only shot I got. And it's a 35 millimeter. It's not a digital. So he had it developed, and he sent the picture to me. And so I took it and showed it to the first guy that reported his sighting. He said, where'd you get that? And I told him. Then I took it down to Southern Lancaster County, showed it to the couple down there. And they said, that's it. Where'd you get that? And I told them. So in my estimation and my best feeling, 
this actually happened and it took place and this is what they saw. So you have sighting multiple witness in the same area at the same time with animal reaction by the cows and by the two German shepherds that pretty much ripped the car apart. Oh, that's amazing. The second one is even better. I'm leaving work, right, when I was still working. I worked for a Fortune 500 company. I was a supervisor. And I was leaving work, talking to a couple people that worked for me outside that were on their break. And off in the distance, it was just about uh, 6.30-ish, um, end of September, so it wasn't dark. It was, you know, it was just getting around that dusky time. And I'm watching this huge, brilliant white light, and I mean, it looks like a flashbulb coming straight at the building. And it's off in the distance, but it's coming closer. It's getting bigger. And the other four guys stand there. They're looking at it. And they said, no, what's that? And I'm going like, I have no idea. And it was um, like if you would look at, if you would uh, take a, 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 a loaf of uh, French bread and just squish it down, you know, you'd have like that flat bottom and oval top. And there were like two points of light coming out the sides, and it just kept getting closer and closer. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, my camera's in my truck. My truck's on the other side of the parking lot. Till I run over and get the camera and come back, the ambulance will be picking up my dead body right about there. So we just kept watching, and it slowed down. It was almost like it was going to stop. It went vertical, turned the brightest cherry red I've ever seen, and shot straight up into the stars. I get home. An hour later, phone rings. I already put the report in. Hour later, one of my investigators up in Lackawanna County. He says, "Who put this report in?" I said, "Which report?" He said, "This one." And he gave me the number. I said, "Oh, me." He said, "You're the witness." I said, "Yeah, me and four other guys." Why? He said, "Hit enter." I hit enter. Another report pops up. Identical. The time difference was I saw this at 6.05 or something like that. They saw it at 6.10. Saw the white light, saw it go vertical, saw it uh, turn into this cherry red, shoot straight up into the sky. Husband and wife who were unloading groceries, and they just happened to see it. You couldn't miss it. They were 90 miles from where I was standing. That's amazing. Do you, know you know how big that thing would have had to been for somebody to see exactly what I was seeing 90 miles away? Mm-hmm. Bigger than a would have had to be yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So those are my two favorites because they were multi-witness and there was a repeat, you know, mm-hmm. of the sighting in different areas and all within the proper time in the proper location. Has anybody recorded uh, any video of uh, the, the, uh, this event? Uh, just just the one guy at the college that got the 35mm. That That's, That's the only one. But the other people that saw that particular orb both say that's exactly what it was. You know. Oh, yeah, multiple witness sightings. Yeah. Um, they're, the, they're the best. They're the best sightings. Mm-hmm. You can always, when you're interviewing, you can always pull one aside and get his story, and then go check with somebody else or have one of your people checking with somebody else and then compare the stories. If the stories are identical, it's probably true. 
But if one guy says it was green, the other guy says it was pink and blue, eh, you got something questionable there. But, um, and that's another thing. I really don't like to interview folks on the Internet or, you know, by email or by phone. I'd rather talk to them in person at the location where they saw what they saw, which is what we try to do. That's your own field investigators, uh, you know, boots on the ground uh, type of guy that you are. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, you Mm -hmm. you know, when somebody over the phone, I mean, you don't know what they're looking at or what they're looking at. I mean, they could be reading that whole thing off a piece of paper that they already prepared. That's very true. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. I'll give you Mm -hmm. that. And when I'm looking at them face-to-face, you know, and I'm looking right in their eyes while they're telling me this, you know, somebody's standing there kind of half smiling or kind of joking around a lot, you know, or the story's changed three or four different ways. That's one thing. But when I'm looking at somebody and they're shaking or they're tearing up in their eyes while they're telling me their story, whatever they saw, they saw. So mm-hmm. it's best best to hit them head on, face to face. Yeah. Well, as I said before, Butch, I wish you were the one that investigating my case when it happened. You were, I knew you would have been out there in that field digging up that dirt or whatever we had to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've mm-hmm. got radiation gear. We've got ground radar. We've got it all. So uh-huh. what did you see? Well, that's on the first encounter I had had basically almost probably in a way what you'd seen. I had had um, an encounter with a huge disc out in a field um, if I had to put a size on it, all I could say is, I guess, well, to me, a little bit bigger than three football fields, but I guess, okay, yeah, three football fields. The only thing I ever put the comparison to was um, a luxury cruise liner aircraft carrier, mm-hmm. um, and it had wow. this huge, huge um, glass-looking dome on top of it. Uh, it didn't, didn't really look like glass. It looked like a stone, kind of more of a diamondish, and... Um, that, uh, you know, like I say, it was, it was behind the trees. But when MUFON came over on, the, on that report, uh, they didn't go out in the field there. And I was thinking that they were, you know, I would have went up to the house and knocked on the, you know, said, can we go on your field? I think we had to make up some bullshit story. But anyway, um, anyway, they didn't, they'd end up going out in the field to take radiation tests. And so it was kind of a, you know, kind of a yeah. bummer, but, uh, I was really curious because I, you know, which I still think I wonder if there could be something still there. Um, but it was the, actually the next day on the, after that encounter, the the farmer there burned the field that he had um, ended up doing every year. Come to find out, that was like the first second year I was at that house. But I found out after that, every year at that time, he he burned the uh, field. So, hmm. you know, and that's that's sim- that's very similar to a case that. I really didn't, I really wasn't the investigator. I was actually called by coast to coast and, um, they asked me if I would help with the case. And it was in Oregon. And huh. a, a gentleman who has really bad epilepsy. I mean, he kept him from working all his life. Well, that's what but, I have. I have epilepsy and I, I haven't worked either. I haven't Whoa, worked. that is weird, Chris. I'm freaking out right now. But he has, uh, he, um, with medication, I mean, he's, he's good. And he was out. Uh, he lives on a road, and I'll, I'll try to describe it as best I can. It's a T road, okay? He lives on the long end of the T. The, the other end is the big road, okay? Across that road is a, a fence, fenced-in area, and across the uh, fenced-in area is um, the a tree line, okay? Okay. 
Uh-huh. And he sees something go down behind the tree line. He doesn't know what it is, but he's kind of paying attention. There are other okay. people out. Um, out from the tree line comes an orb. All right. Ball, kind of beach ball size. Same and size as one I had, yeah. Looks like a... Uh, um, are you the guy? Yeah, I'm... I Well, yeah, I'm... I yeah, I'm the guy. I guess that's the yeah. guy. He's I'm the, the guy. guy. <laughs> I, I am the guy. He's the dude. It just dawned, it just dawned on me, Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. That's Chris me. How are you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing good. I am. That is me. I'm the guy. I'm the UFO or man. Yeah, they like to call me. And what what struck me was, you know, when I got when I got all the, I actually got the report, and I read the report, and I believe I spoke to Chris on the phone. Yeah, and it's oh, what one happened, of the, actually, Butch. What happened is that you and I did a show with Rob McConnell. If you want yes. to go, Rob McConnell yeah. was the one I believe that got me or got in touch with you. Uh, and then he sent me the report. That was it. And when I read the report, I thought, "Wow!" So I contacted you. And we talked for quite a while, and the thing that was just totally amazing to me was that. Everything that took place was probably some of the best evidence of a sighting that I've ever heard. This thing comes up the street, you know, goes within feet of you, yeah. Yeah. goes to the manhole cover, then goes to the electrical pole, and then goes and vanishes. And MUFON shows up, what, two weeks later or so. Uh, they don't really take a sample of anything. I would have taken a sample of the uh, that water plate in the middle of the road because you could get a control sample up the street. There was another one, the the pole uh, and the, the fence and your clothing. Mm-hmm. I'd have bought you a brand new tuxedo just to get your clothes. No, oh. because you were with in such proximity there had to be something on those clothes. I still have that jacket too, Butch. Boy, I, I, I want to tell you, that was probably one of the, and they didn't do anything. I mean, they took, what? I tried so hard to get on coast to coast, and, and I've tried so hard, but it's been really hard. They've, but I've told your story, I've told your story a hundred times. Thank you. Thank you a million bucks, and I, I love you even more for it, because that makes, that helps me, and I'm almost tearing up right now. <laughs> and everybody, everybody I tell the story to goes, everybody has the same exclamation that comes out of their mouth. Wow. You know, and I'm saying I wish I'd lived closer to that area. <laughs> too. I said, but um, you know, it, it's probably one of the best close encounters that I've ever read. I mean, the reaction of the dogs. You know, uh, I still got my bean with me. He's still here in the house right now. Little my Boston Bulldog. He, yep. I mean, it it was it was amazing. I mean, the whole case was amazing. Then when I read the report, it was like. It's like reading my a comic boy, book. My boy and I were just talking, too, you know, because he was telling him about, you know, we were talking, and he was actually just two days ago was giving me his definition on on the um, <clears throat> on the glass dome of what uh, he, it looked like to him on, mm-hmm. on his separate encounter that he had had. And it was amazing what he um, he had said, just, just, just the way he said it. And I was like, oh, I wish it was recorded. I wish... People could hear it right now, and on top of that, I wish I was on coast to coast with my boy, so everybody else could hear it. And 
I'll tell you, yeah, like I said. He should record it as much as possible because, you know, as he gets older, he might forget some of the information, Chris. Oh, yeah. I, I, tells I would, me he's never going to forget. He tells me. I ask him this all the time. I say, Colton, are you going to – I'm never going to forget that until to this day he can give detail to detail, but I understand. But, Butch, I really – you know, I, I appreciate you doing that. I, and, and you tell my story all you want and keep going because oh, I, I try so hard and <laughs> – and I try I, to reach out to coast to coast and all these big wigs and, and you're there. You've already got yourself there and, but they don't, that's, that's oh. where I'm at. It's just, it's been hard for me, but I continue to fight. There's nothing that's going to stop me. You know, as I said, it, it reminds me when I'm in high, when high school, growing up, playing in all the sports I did here in Oregon, out here in the rain and the cold and every day it was, practice and and you just wanted to play in the game you just wanted to say you know screw this i just want to go i just want to but i didn't want to look like a wimp i didn't want to i didn't want to 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 fail on everybody and give up and yeah. that's what i feel like i that keeps me well, going I, down you know if it's any consolation it's in my database so i mean it's available it's in my database i have the original report that was sent to me by uh, by McDon- mcconnell and um i've I've talked about that case dozens and dozens and dozens of times so um um well i i I really hope things are working um working on that end too because I'm working with a television show maybe again for a new mufon uh, show that hangar one the third season didn't get picked up. I was working maybe with that one with Roger Marsh. So now they got a new one coming in, and I just talked to Roger, and maybe we'll see how that goes. But but I'm assuming these guys are going to rip me apart when they get on that, uh, if they even get me on one of these shows. So That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're known for, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, uh, it, it's a case that should be heard. I mean... People are very receptive to Bob Lazar, and granted, I did not have anything to do with the technology. I'm no scientist or I'm no whatever, but when people want to talk about Bob Lazar's technology, when we see in that red liquid in the center of the sphere, uh, that was very Bob Lazar-ish. Uh, to yeah. me, that just seemed very E.T.-ish because I tell you, that looked like a diamond sphere. That is, and that I've heard, diamonds. and not to, not to change the subject, but I've heard that description since you and I talked. A couple of years ago, I've heard that description quite a few times of uh, 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 a translucent glass-looking lava interior moving around many colors uh, more than once. Mm-hmm. So there's something to it. I mean, yeah. you know, somebody in Passaic, New Jersey, does not know you. Mm-hmm. They described, you know, that same artifact. Yeah. I had found a video on YouTube. It was shortly after my encounter of some guys videotaping, and they had, were out there. And there's a couple of kids or younger teenagers, but they got real close to this orb. And they were, oh wow, it looks like a glass ball. And gosh, I tried to find that video, and um, but they 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 were sitting there, and they could they could kind of see it through their camera too. It was hard for through the video to see it, but as the guy was looking through it, he could tell a, a clear sphere too. So. Yeah. yeah. So there you have my best cases. <laughs> and one wasn't even mine. <laughs> and I'm honored to be mentioned as one of those best cases. Well, when you started talking, I'm going like, wait a minute. I know this voice. I know this guy. <laughs> yeah. And then there's it just so many, There's only so many Chris Browns in the world, too. You know, just... Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should went by, you know, before I came into this 
feel I could have did two things. I could have went by Charles Bradley, which was on the MUFON report, or I could have just went by C.J. Brown, which my my, mission, my middle initial was Justin. So if I went by Christopher Justin, like C.J. Brown, then, you know, that be might be kind of a little bit of an identity there. But I just went with the Chris Brown, and here I am, you know. I think you should do, like, the whole Michael J. Fox thing and be like, Christopher J. Brown. Or J. Mm-hmm. Christopher you know, like a whole yeah. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, that's an idea. There you go. You're back in time. No? Yes. Nobody? Yes, I am. I am. Well, anyway, but you know, it's 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 really something that is um for me as being an experiencer and trying to get out there and get my word out is is has been a a big thing for me to get to people like you and, and and to get my message across for 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 people to tell my encounter and other people's encounters and to, just to help get the message across and and um you know when um when we met I guess gosh what's it been uh, probably on 5 years ago 4 years ago we did that show with with Rob I think it was 4 it was 4, it was four? okay yeah yeah, and it was such at the beginning there. There were so many raw emotions still that that was coming out. It was actually really yeah. hard for me to talk about it at that point in time. And, I and that's still what I had. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I was trying to say when I was saying about interviewing folks. You know that you can tell when somebody's telling you the truth, and you can also tell when somebody's blowing smoke through your ear. Mm-hmm. And you know. Um, it, Trust me, I've had more than I care to mention about those. But um, there are just reports and cases that are either uh, misread or misidentified or just put out of mind when they are truly good cases. And um, that's why I like having the kind of group that we have because, mm-hmm. you know, I could get stumped at 3 o'clock in the morning on something, and I can call somebody in Northern California or Texas and get their opinion. Or I could send it out to the whole group and get everybody's opinion. Uh, in the larger groups, you can't do that. They, they, they don't share information. And um, we have our own databases. We keep our own files and facts. And uh, I try to stay away from that kind of stuff as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, um, it's, it is hard because there's so many, um, stories and mm-hmm. you, you know, it's, you kind of, for me, it's sometimes maybe it's, it's kind of bad to say, but, but I get kind of, if I hear somebody else's encounter, I am receptive, but, but I don't, um, I don't know how much receptive I am as maybe it's just maybe other people that aren't experiencers, but kind of just because, um, I guess I'm so concentrated on maybe myself, but but I always do find myself sitting there hearing somebody and 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 analyzing everything they say and trying trying to just break it down and see if that they're telling the truth and how they're and and feel their emotions and get where they're coming from and and put myself in that position and that's that's something that I always try to do and and doing these radio shows now you know it's kind of a helping I mean, thing. Any investigator worth a grain of salt should do the same thing. Sure. I mean, you know, when you're talking to somebody and they're relating an experience or a sighting or whatever the case is, or a strange thing walking around the woods, I mean, you not only are you there to listen, but you're there to help them through it. So 
You know, mm. your questions have to be pointed. I agree. And they also have to be, you know, um, leading questions. And because you want to lead them on a certain way, because some people have a tendency to go off, you know, they start talking about their great-grandfather. Um, but, you know, you, you want uh, uh, to keep the questions within the realm of the investigation. Yeah. And um, when folks uh, are out doing that investigation, uh, I think a lot of people forget that. They're just more interested in writing down the story. And, you know, they ask few, if any, questions or you know, they'll, they won't go to the scene or they won't ask, you know, could you, you know, put a piece of paper and give them a pencil and say, well, can you kind of draw, you know, what you saw or what you think you saw? And, and, uh, they say, well, I'm not an artist. Well, I don't care if you're an artist. I'm not looking for Rembrandt. Just kind of give me a shape or something to look yeah. at. And at least I can go back and go through databases and see, you know, in that area, in a certain time period, were, were there any reports that resemble what I've been given? Um, but it's, it's tedious. It's um, at the same time, it's exciting, and it it just throws more knowledge into your lap, which is. Mm -hmm. But those are my best UFO stories. Yeah. Well, I can say it. I'll say it again. I'm very proud to be part of one of those UFO stories. So, you know, um, on the on the up a little, a little bit though. But you know, have you do you do you have got any investigations or anything on the Mothman? You know, it's a big thing now. They, you know, they have a place up over there, I guess a statue of the Mothman, and they have like a Mothman festival. I myself don't know much about the Mothman, but what do you know? Anything, or can you tell me, tell us a little bit about? Well, Mothman was seen on a bridge, and shortly after the first sighting, the bridge collapsed. So, of course, that made for a lot of excitement that the creature was seen and then the bridge collapsed. A number of people yeah. lost lives. But where I do have a problem is when uh, an incident like that takes place and all of a sudden there's a festival, there's a museum, and it's a big festival. I mean, they have thousands yeah. of people go. So yeah. what what was actually a a report of something unknown has now turned into a um, a publicity thing for people to come and spend their money in that little town. Uh, uh, look at Roswell. Mm -hmm. I've been to Roswell a number of times, and Roswell, which is pretty much was just a little desert hole in the wall, uh, now has this huge museum and every you know you can buy a, a UFO sandwich, you can buy a, a UFO car dealer, you, you know what I mean? Everything's UFO or alien. Uh -huh. yeah. So. It's just like that report was taken and commercialized as sure. Mothman was. And here in Pennsylvania, we have Raystown Lake. And in Raystown Lake, of course, we have Raystown Ray. Mm. It's this Nessie-type monster. I see. All right. And, uh, okay, he has his own website. You can buy his picture on T-shirts, hats, mugs, uh, at his gift shop. So there again, uh, they've commercialized a sighting into a money-making deal. I agree. I, mean, I agree that, that that same thing. And, you know, even to kind of look at it maybe a little grim way on the Mothman festivals, it's based around something that was an, a, a horrendous event that took place, that people lost their lives mm -hmm. and died. And um, so you had to kind of make a little festival around this whatever so-called appeared there, 
brother, dark angel or whatever it was on a day of, uh, of mourning. I don't know. But um, it just kind of seems like it's... Does it feel like a little bit morbid, though, to create like a whole festival around something like that? It is. That? I, that's what I was thinking. That's yeah. kind of where I was getting at. I thought it was kind of morbid in a way, like... You know, what about the people of the family of the victims that are sitting around? Do you think they should give them money, part of their money, their earnings and stuff like that, to say, hey, we'll donate it to the victims' families? Yeah. I mean, it's like I started a festival on the Charles Manson, you know, victims. Yeah. It's a festival for, you know, every year or the year the victims die, you know. Yeah. Manson Palooza. Yeah, exactly exactly the same thing. So, you know, uh, Another good reason why we just don't associate a lot with that kind of stuff at all, because uh, just mm-hmm. like uh, I was, I was on a radio show. Just uh, I do it a weekly thing, Arcane Radio. But uh, I, they had a, a person on there, and and uh, a while back, and I was reading their bio, and I got to the last page of the bio that says they charge for haunted houses or coming to bless your house or whatever, burn sage, they charge. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, when when we don't charge anybody for anything, ever, ever, under any circumstance. If I have to go out of state, three or four states, I will ask for gas money. That's it. Because, you know, no sense me investing my money in something that might be a hoax or nonsense. Mm-hmm. At least they pay for gas. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take I'll take care of the room. I'll take care of the food. Just but you're going to pay for the gas. But anyway, um, other than that, we don't take donations for anything because I don't ever ever want to hear somebody say that. Oh, the UFO Research Center, of Pennsylvania, charged me five hundred dollars to come look at my house. It's haunted. No, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I find that most of the groups that are, um, I guess the word is legit or very good at what they do, don't charge a dime. And then you got cool. groups. You get new groups to start up, and you know they got a price list. The worst one was, and the group's no longer around, but they were down near Philadelphia. And a lady called. Uh, this has got to be, well, five years. It's got to be five years ago. And she said that she had a bunch of pictures that she needed looked at uh, of something she took out uh, in her yard and she thought it was a, a craft of some sort. And she wanted to know how much I charge. And I said, we don't charge anything. I said, just send me the pictures. I said, are they 35 millimeter? Are they digital? She said, well, I have both. I said, well, send me the 35 millimeters or copies of those and just send me the digital. I gave her my email address. And she says, well, you don't charge. I said, no, I don't charge. I'll look at them. I said, we have our own photo studio, so we can look at them for you. And... um Make a long story short, they were actually reflections of, gla- of her flash off a of glass on the garage that were reflecting off a car, which gave a lens flash, which kind of looked like a craft. Okay. Yeah. And I had asked her. I said, you know, what was with the money? What, what, what was with that that all? About? She said, well, there was a group in in, in northern Philadelphia that wanted to charge her uh, six hundred dollars to look at these photographs. And they wouldn't look at them until she paid them. <laughs> and I went, don't ever do that. <laughs> yeah, that's totally but, scam. Oh, yeah. But that's in everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it's 
That is for sure. It's, you know, it's in the UFO field too, some mm-hmm. point degree. So. Well, hey, Butch, UFO. what's, what's the ultimate goal here for you as far as, uh, what would you like to leave as your legacy? The bottom line? Yeah, please. I, I found the truth. Mm-hmm. And what's Whether the truth? Not, Whether it be in ufology, cryptozoology, paranormal, I found the truth. I have the evidence. I saw the evidence. Um, the proof is there. It is what it is. And it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a hunt for the truth is all it is. I mean, yeah. You can, you can call it whatever you want, but it's just a hunt for the truth. I mean, you're looking for an answer. And you surely don't want to have the answer to be a bunch of bull crap. You want the truth. So to get the truth, they need to prove what they say and show you the evidence or prove what they said. Very hard. Yeah. Very hard. I mean, I mean, there's people like with this bipedal canine. I mean, I believe these people saw what they saw. I mean, they all described exactly the same thing. No difference. No long hair, short hair. I mean, everybody described that creature to the T. And um, I know they're not lying, but the thing is now they can't get the proof whether they don't, you know, first of all, they don't have the equipment, the wherewithal or anything else to do it. But I do. I got the team. I got the equipment. You know, I got the wherewithal to do it. So I'll do what they can't do and try to make their um, sighting a fact instead of just a story. That's mm-hmm. just what it's about. Yeah, I agree, well, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really eloquent way of saying it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're out of time, so I just wanted to thank you, Butch, for being on the program tonight and for uh, trying Butch. to uh, – I think, you know, the first story kind of scared scared me a little bit. But uh, so we Scared got you. We got some scared. Well, you know, I, scared you. You should have yeah. been sitting beside me when I tried to get out of that chair. He scares. He scares easily, but that was a scary story. You know, I'm a. I'm a hard, I'm a hard guy to scare. What can I say? I'm on. I'm, I'm the. I'm on the search. I'm on the hunt for the scariest story ever, and I I won't rest till I find it. But oh, but I'll tell you what. If I run yeah. into one of these things, I'll make sure you hear about it. Oh man, that'd be great. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I bring these people on and, uh, you're a real straight shooter, but I have guys come on with their EVPs and a lot of stuff and, uh, it's fantasy and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's okay. But, you know, we, we also have to look at reality and, yes. uh, get back down to earth or else it's a science fiction, uh, endeavor. And I say, a lot of the time, there's crossover, no doubt. But mm-hmm. uh, we have to have a perspective. And with that, I want to thank you again for being here. I want to yeah, wish you thank you. Uh, wish you good hunting, even though you're not going to kill anything. And for everyone else out there in uh, Radio Land, I want to say thank you for joining us tonight on Ufonaut Radio. Jesse Randolph here, along with Chris J. Brown and the Angel of Ufology. Uh, next Monday night, we have a special guest in store for you, and I hope to see you next Monday night. Until then, have a great week, and we'll see you again. Take care.
intellectual love. 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 Love.